My message today is entitled, Open Your Eyes. As we approach Holy Week on the church calendar, the hope, as I mentioned before, is that we are all drawing closer to the cross, the defining point of our faith. Some are doing this by uh, attending our Lenten suppers and video discussion on Tuesday nights, which if you haven't been there yet, please Please feel free to join at any time. Others have started coming to a Bible study. Some may be fasting. Maybe fasting something during Lent to identify with the sufferings of Christ. Fasting is not just where you give up something and eat something else in its place. Fasting is where you give up food, and when you have the craving for food, you pray to God, and God gives you the strength like he did Jesus when he came out of the wilderness. And it's in those times we're not expecting God to move on our half. We're expecting God to speak to us. That's what fasting is about. So if that's what you're doing to get closer to the cross, then that's awesome. Hopefully, as Carol so beautifully shared from her heart, and I hope you could see that, Hopefully many of you will be joining us for our Passover Seder next Saturday. Whatever it is that you are doing, the hope is that you are doing something as Good Friday draws near. We need to always guard against our faith becoming routine or trivial. Like, oh, here comes Resurrection Sunday again, or here comes Holy Week again. We need to ever be growing closer to the cross. But understand, approaching Holy Week is not just about what you're doing for yourself. It's also a time that you should be open to others around you, and specifically the people that God purposely has put around you, that God purposely brings across your paths. There are no coincidences with God. The world is a broken place right now. It seems to get worse every day. There are problems all over the place. People are complaining. People are down. They are full of despair and pessimism. They are looking for answers. And yet you have the greatest answer available of all. It's what Jesus did at the cross for all who would turn to Him and trust in His name. The closer we get to Good Friday, the riper that people's hearts will be. If you are not sharing Jesus with people now, then you are sitting on the answer that they need. Today I pray that we learn a lesson from Jesus about making the most of every opportunity that God has given us as we draw near to the cross. In Mark chapter 10, we see Jesus as he begins his journey. His, his journey. So he, we know how he came on the scene, and and he he's made the circuit around Galilee, and he walked around for three years. And so, as it get down to that final year, he starts. He sets the goal to start moving towards Jerusalem. He begins his journey towards Jerusalem for what has been termed his triumphal entry. We're going to start in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verse 1. Then Jesus arose from there, and he came to the region of Judea, Judea, by the other side of the Jordan. 
and multitudes gathered to him again. And as he was accustomed, he taught them again. As Jesus approached the region of Judea, which surrounds Jerusalem, multitudes of people began following him. And though Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem for his appointed time, he still kept his eyes and his ears wide open for opportunities along the way. Mark 10, verse 13. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Why did the disciples rebuke the children? Was it because that they were not coming to Jesus in the right way? Were they too excited? Were they too disorderly? Were the disciples worried that the children would slow Jesus down and He wouldn't reach His destination on time? If only they had understood and believed His mission was to draw all people to Himself. But time and time again, the disciples failed to know and support Jesus' mission. So, they rebuked the little children who were coming to Jesus. Verse 14. But when Jesus saw it, He was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to Me. Do not forbid them. For of such is the kingdom of God. Who are they and who are we to say that you need to come to Jesus in a certain way or at a certain time? One of the greatest things about salvation is that there is no formula to follow. There is no proper time to come to Jesus. There is no certain behavior or expectation or words to say or age restriction or acceptable way to approach Him. The most important thing is that we do seek Him in whatever way we can. Not everyone seeks Jesus from their brokenness. Not everyone is in the valley when they find Jesus. Some are on a mountaintop and God reveals Himself to them. Some are full of emotion. Some are numb. Some are five years old. Some are 95 years old. There is no restriction in coming to Jesus even though some people put these unbiblical restrictions on the process. Why? Because it looks different in how they came to Jesus. Jesus has terse words for anyone who was a stumbling block, for anyone coming to the Lord, but especially the little children. Verse 15. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter into it. Notice that Jesus talks about the little children receiving the kingdom of God even though they're running to Him. What we gather from this is in order to receive Christ, we can't just wait for Him to come to us. We need to make an effort. We need to pursue Him. 
We know the Bible says that God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Whatever you're doing this season, attending a Seder, coming to a Bible study, whatever you're doing, are you diligently seeking Jesus more this year? God rewards those who diligently seek Him. And when a child receives the kingdom from Jesus, they don't have a thousand doubts and questions that prevent them from receiving. Their joy in running to Him demonstrates that they have an open heart. We can't forget the joy. Isaiah 12, verse 3. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. You see, the reason why many people are not able to come to Jesus, if they are so used to, they're so used to living without joy that when they see someone who actually has joy, it intimidates them and it results in judgment against anyone who has a true joy for Jesus. They actually get upset when someone has more joy than they do. So what's happening here? I'm not talking about a manufactured joy, but a deeply felt joy. Knowing that Jesus receives you and He's speaking directly to you, asking you to come closer, asking you to run to Him. And He even knows every sin in your life. He knows what you're thinking about right now. He knows the sins you're going to commit tomorrow. He knows all your mistakes. He knows all your weaknesses. And still, He bids you to come closer. Why? Because He desires to forgive you, to cleanse you, to redeem you, and to fill you with the Holy Spirit. He desires to send you forth as His ambassador in the world to tell others about Him. How can you not have joy about this? Verse 16, And Jesus took the little children up in His arms and laid hands on them and blessed them. Jesus gladly received the children who joyfully ran to Him. Listen, it doesn't matter how you come to Jesus. Just come. The most important thing that we all need to realize is that Jesus has come to draw all people to Himself. That is His mission. Again and again, Jesus told His disciples of His mission of what was going to happen, of how He was going to fulfill all the prophecies of the Messiah. But just like so many other times, His disciples didn't listen. John, In the Gospel of John, chapter 12, verse 32, Jesus shares this mission. He says, And if I, and I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all peoples to Myself. If Jesus is drawing all people to Himself, then either we are getting in the way to prevent some people from coming, or we are not doing enough for those who are hung up on something that is keeping them from Him. You see, I'm not blaming on why that many people won't come to Jesus. I'm looking at what more that we can do. Or is there something that we're doing wrong or not enough? When John mentions this quote from Jesus about being lifted up and drawing all people to Himself, 
It's another fulfilled prophecy from thousands of years before when Moses was leading the grumbling Israelites through the wilderness. In Numbers chapter chapter 21, verse 4, it says, Then they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the soul of the people became very discouraged on the way. How would you like to be leading that group of people? Verse 5. And the people spoke against God. This was after God delivered them in the Passover. After God split the Red Sea. After God drowned out all their enemies. After God freed them from hundreds of years of bondage. But they just had the thought of, God, what have you done for me lately? It was. And so now they're grumbling against God and Moses who led him. They said, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there's no food and no water, and our soul loathes, hates, detests this worthless, tasteless bread. Some of them were saying, can we just go back to Egypt? Can we? It would be better if we were in bondage because at least we got food. Why is it that at the first sign of struggle, we complain instead of pray? Why do we turn to fear and doubt instead of standing on faith and pressing into God? Why do we look at what we don't have instead of realizing what we do have in Christ? You see, this is not just about the stubborn Israelites. It's a picture of our flesh. That can't, our flesh can't stand it when things do not come easily to us or they don't go the way that we expect them to go. Verse 6, So the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and many of the people of Israel died. You see, once there was a tangible result of what their sinful grumbling had caused, the people were suddenly immediately convicted. And then they turned to God. If only we would be convicted when it is first a temptation before we give in to it in sin. But for the Israelites, it wasn't until the consequence came that they realized that they needed Jesus. Verse 7, Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned. For we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that He take away the serpents from us. So Moses interceded and prayed for the people. Moses was their intercessor. Moses went to God for them. And in response, God gave specific instructions to Moses. These instructions would foreshadow the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. Notice the connection. Numbers 21, verse 8. Then the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole. And it shall be that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, shall live. Verse 9, So Moses made a bronze serpent, and put it on a pole. And so it was, if a serpent 
had bit anyone. When he looked at the bronze serpent, he lived. The pole was lifted up. And when those who were sick looked up at what was lifted up, they were healed and they lived. This is a foreshadowing of Jesus being lifted up and drawing all peoples to himself. But notice it was only those who were sick or only those who knew that they were sick who looked up to the bronze serpent. It's the same with today. You can't just try Jesus. You can't just explain Jesus to someone else. You can't just hope that logic will say, I'm going to try this out and see if it works. You have to realize that you're a sinner. You have to realize that you're broken and there's no way that you can reach eternity without Jesus. And then when you look up at the cross, and give your life to Jesus, then He does heal you, and then He does forgive you, and He does change your eternity. But you have to realize that you need Him first. Only those who know and freely admit that they are sinners and are lost, only those who know that they are not well, are willing to look to Jesus to be forgiven and to be made whole. Only those who run to Jesus like a child without making excuses, without justifying some other way out. Only those who realize their need for a Savior are actually healed and forgiven and made whole and receive eternal life. But this promise goes out to all. For Jesus draws all people to Himself. All people, that is, who are willing to turn to Him and receive him. This is what Jesus is trying to teach the disciples as he made his way to Jerusalem. It's not just about the destination, it's about the journey to get there. Every opportunity that Jesus got, he welcomed people who came to him. And you will see again and again where people rebuked his disciples rebuked them. Jesus didn't get caught up in how they came to him. He was open to receive whoever came to him. Jesus had his ears and his eyes wide open for anyone who would come to him. Verse 32 of Mark chapter 10. Now they are on the road going up to Jerusalem. And Jesus was going before them and they were amazed. And as they followed, they were afraid. Then he took the twelve aside again and began to tell them the things that would happen to them. They knew, Jesus, we've been around here before and they don't like you in Jerusalem. The Pharisees are out to get you. Why are we going back there? They don't like you. That's why they're afraid. So Jesus took them aside. As they continued toward Jerusalem, Jesus again shared his mission with his disciples and again through his actions. He demonstrated the importance of keeping your eyes open as you go. Verse 46. Now they came to Jericho. As he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. As they're getting closer to Jerusalem, the momentum is building. It's like a snowball rolling downhill, picking up more snow as it goes. It's the same momentum that should be building for you as you are approaching Good Friday. What can I do to draw me closer to Jesus? How can I know Him more? 
This is what Jesus is trying to convey to not only to his disciples, but also to us today. The closer we get to the cross, the closer we get to Good Friday, the more eager we should be to bring others to Jesus. But this can only happen if we keep our ears and our eyes open for opportunities. For some who really need Jesus, they often lack the wherewithal to come to Him. They feel discarded, confused, empty. Some of them are like this blind man who feel that no one even notices them. They feel like they have no purpose, no worth. They feel like they have no name. Here, this blind man has no name. He's listed as blind Bartimaeus. Do you understand that's not his name? Bar means the son of or the child of. Timaeus is the name of his father. So blind Bartimaeus is listed first by his condition and second by his father. In this selection, he literally has no name. Do you know how many people are out there that feel that they have no name? That feel that our agenda is not worthy of being interrupted by them. To talk to them, to share Jesus with them. They feel they have no voice or no connection. They feel nobody notices them except their condition. You've got to understand there are many people who feel like Bartimaeus. People know them by their condition. They're poor. They're broke down. They're on drugs. They're a troublemaker. They're a heathen. They feel they have no name. They need you and me and every one of us to notice them. We're going to the cross. We've got to bring them with us. They are in need of help, but they are blind to the answer. Open your eyes. There are people like this all around you. Bring them to the cross. Verse 47. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Because he couldn't see, he had to rely on others to tell him it was Jesus. He heard it was Jesus. Do you understand the importance of this statement? Because he was blind, he couldn't begin his journey to the cross until he heard someone by him in his world, in his surroundings, talking about Jesus. We all need to be talking about Jesus. Not just here in church, but out there in the world. For there are many who are blind to the gospel and blind to salvation. Jesus needs to be in our conversations. He needs to be the reply when people are complaining about how bad the world is and looking for answers. He needs to be in our discussions. And all the more as we approach the cross. When Bartimaeus heard others talking about Jesus, it turned on a switch 
inside of him. A switch that was connected to hope. You know that's what people need right now. This led him to cry out for mercy from the one who had come near to him. Verse 48. Then many warned him to be quiet, just like the little children. But what did he do? He cried out all the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. Why did they tell him to be quiet? Were they embarrassed that his passion and desire for Jesus was far greater than theirs? Were they trying to control the atmosphere and squash out emotion? Were they trying to protect Jesus, assuming that he didn't want this distraction? Did they not learn anything when Jesus rebuked them for trying to keep the loud and energetic and passionate young children away from Jesus? Do they still not realize his mission is to draw all people to himself? Do you realize that's still his mission to draw all people to himself? And he has put you specifically in places and around people and brought people across your path and in your influences so that you can speak of Jesus and someone can make their own journey to the cross. Take a moment and consider what part of you is annoyed when someone is more passionate about Jesus than you are when someone is louder or not as orderly as you are when you are seeking Jesus. When someone freely raises their hands in worship because they don't care how anyone else feels about what they're doing. Expressing their love for their Savior is a whole lot more important than what anyone thinks of them. Instead of worrying about what other people might think of their actions. Understand that these events are in this gospel so that we can take an honest look at ourselves and examine our motives and our thoughts and our inner judgments and our behaviors if we are honest with ourselves. If you don't understand by now what the true purpose of this storyline is, I want to make it very clear to you. The reason why this is included in the gospel, it's not just because of Bartimaeus who suffers here. Bartimaeus in this story does not suffer from the worst blindness here. It is the disciples and everyone else who keep rebuking others who are coming to Christ in a different way than they perceive as acceptable. This is not a merely a retelling of how Jesus opened the eyes of one blind man so he could see. The true hope here is that Jesus opens your eyes to the things that you have done or you are continuing to do. Preventing people from seeking the Lord with all their heart as God has commanded us to do. Jesus is speaking to you to reevaluate your words or your thoughts, or your comfort zone. To allow people to approach the cross in whatever way they can. But it begins by you talking about Jesus. We are called 
to open the eyes, to open our eyes to the people all around us in life and bring them to the cross. Imagine if you had just courageously made that prayer to God. God, open my eyes this day, today, to the people all around me that you specifically and purposely and intentionally put in my life or across my path. Help me be to be courageous and obedient to talk to them about Jesus. Mark 10, 49. So Jesus stood still. As, he's, as Bartimaeus is crying out, they tell him to be quiet, he shouts even louder. It says, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer. Rise. He is calling you. This man was not deterred by the rebuke he received from others. Nothing was going to stop him from seeing Jesus. It is this heart and this willingness and this passion and hunger that actually caused Jesus to stand still. Jesus stopped and began talking directly to him. Why? Because Jesus' ears and eyes are always open to a heart that needs Him. Shouldn't our eyes and our ears be continually open as well? Shouldn't we place more emphasis on opportunities around us instead of only seeking the cross for ourselves? Jesus pleads with us. Open your eyes. There are people all around you that desire to hear Jesus, inviting them to come near. Are you doing the same? Could you invite someone to our Seder? Could you invite someone to church on Good Friday? Could you invite someone to go out to lunch with them and pray with them and listen to them? Jesus asks us and says to us, they're all around you. Notice them. And bring them to the cross. Verse 50. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and he came to Jesus. He was noticed. He was spoken to directly. He had Jesus' attention. And so he rises up and he comes to Jesus. Verse 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. He knows what he wants. And he knows who to ask for it. And he's not afraid to ask for it. Verse 52, Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Imagine the power that this man felt. He could not see anything his whole life. But when Jesus opened his eyes, the first thing he saw was Jesus. What delight, what joy, what an amazing sight. And yet the most poignant part of this verse is when Jesus tells him to go his way and the man begins following Jesus. 
You know those people that we think they're unreachable because they're heathens and they're living in different lifestyles and what they want? God wants them to get them to follow Him. He wants to change them. He wants to change them not by their condition of what's going on, but by their condition of being forgiven, just like every one of us, and being redeemed like every one of us. Jesus literally translated him out of the darkness and into the marvelous light. Jesus' way became His way. God's will became His will. He started following Jesus. He was no longer known as Bartimaeus of His earthly father. It was Jesus He was following. That's why we call ourselves Christians. We've taken upon Christ's name upon ourselves. Our condition is we are healed and forgiven. And our Father in Heaven is who we are walking towards. Another follower of Jesus. Because Jesus always has His eyes open, ready to notice, ready to speak, ready to act, and bring someone else to the cross where all healing flows. Are you willing to do the same? Open your eyes. The harvest is plentiful. Jesus just needs us to purposely go out into the fields and bring people to Him. Heavenly Father, we thank You for the power of Your Word. God, Your Word says that the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives in us. It has redeemed us. And it's our heart's desire to go share that with people who need to be redeemed to those who are broken, to those who feel they have no name or are not noticed. Help us take this message of redemption that we may sing of your praises. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that you are faithful. Help us to bring others to the cross. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.